following is a digital media production. This week, we're talking about primary results that took place since our last episode. Joey gets mad at me for not watching a Democratic debate from last night. Uh, And we also get into some interesting stuff with Aaron Andrews, Hulk Hogan, some stuff from Edward Snowden. It's a good episode. You enjoyed yourself, Joey, right? It's a great episode. Yeah, stick around. It's going to be a good one. This is the Mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you live from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. Hi! My name is Chris Flannery. I'm joined, as always, by my great and good friend, Joseph Noe. Hi, everybody out there. Oh, wow. That sounded pre-rehearsed. Hi, Joey. It's good to have you, as always. Uh, Also producing the show, Shelby, as usual, and special guest Lily is here today. Thank you for being here. Oh, there you go. Put the mic on. You can say hi. Hi. There you go. Lily's here. Shelby, thank you, sir. Uh, Hello, everyone. Welcome to the program. I think we have a pretty good one lined up for you today. We have four. Joey, count them. Four Mm -hmm. quick hits at the top of the show. Primary results from the last week. There was a number of different states voting, so we have the results from all of that stuff. Coupled with a 2016 update. It's a quick one, but there's some stuff that we got to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to talk about FBI privacy rules changes. Edward Snowden on the San Bernardino Apple thing. He weighed in. Okay. Got a nice three-minute clip there from Edward Snowden. American hero, not traitor. Uh, we're also going to get into the Aaron Andrews. Did you hear about this? Aaron Andrews uh, sued her stalker for $55 million. One, well, she didn't sue for 55 but that's what they gave her. Seriously? That is some scary shit. What happened to her? Yes. Absolutely. Well, we're going to get into that later in the show, but I want to... Cont- and good for her. Good. Yet, yet yours. That's a terrible thing to happen. I also want to compare it to the Hulk Hogan sex tape thing that's been going on. Not uh, Maybe same thing? Well, we're going to get into it, but that's what I want to talk about because I've seen a couple of places people are like, no, you can't compare them. Why? It, it's somebody in a vulnerable, exposed time that they didn't consent to being put out into the public sphere. Hulk still can never be vulnerable. I wouldn't, you know what? I wouldn't be so colloquial with the Hulkster. I mean, he's possibly a racist, and I think you're probably alienating a good portion of uh, our fans. So uh, chill with that, Joey. You understand? Yes. No, I'm just kidding. Just relax. I'm not kidding. He is a bit of a racist. Uh, we also have Democratic debate clips from over the weekend. Joey fucking took me to the woodshed before we were got on the air here. I, I was talking mm-hmm. about it. I didn't, okay, I didn't realize, I, I did find out that there was a Democratic debate last night, Wednesday, if you're listening to the podcast, it obviously comes out on Friday. I didn't have time to watch it. I'm sorry. There's some top secret, high level stuff going on. I'm busy. And then I had to do the notes for this. I just didn't. I swear to God, I just didn't have time to watch okay. the debate, Joey. Because here's my comment about the debate. Uh, As always, something came up, and I just want to hit it at the top before we get into anything. Okay, but all right. I will let no, you no, do right that. Now. No, no, uh, right. All right. Four Americans died in 2012 the Benghazi attack. Right. Ambassador Stevens, Information Officer Sean Smith, CIA Operative. Glenn Daugherty, and CIA operative Tyrone Woods. Okay. Okay? Yeah. I want to name these individuals because every time I get coverage, the Republicans and the Democrats never name them. Hillary can always try to defend herself at what happened. The fuck was that? 
I don't know. Oh my god! See, you started talking about Benghazi and cover-ups, and we had this weird beep on the on the. All right, go ahead. I just want to say that I hear so much debating about it, but I don't ever hear the individuals that were lost names even mentioned. Not once. Uh, totally, I love that you brought that up. That is a great insightful point. I love it because obviously. Nobody wants to see American ambassadors or people get killed, but the Republicans have turned Benghazi into maybe we can get Hillary out of the, the race. Maybe we can really damage her with this thing. They blame her. And yeah, every time they go, Chris Stevens and three other Americans or whatever, it, it, name them. Yeah, if name you them. care so much about these American ambassadors, name all the American ambassadors. Do you know them all? You got their trading cards? No. It's just because you're trying to target Hillary. They don't really care about the, the people that died. They can pay lip service to it. But right name them if you're so i, I love but that all, point but Joey. also she should have named them too during the debate if she's trying to win every vote she's not trying to win every vote. she's trying to win every democratic vote and oh, okay. most democratic voters have just turned off as soon as they hear benghazi they go no nope. not real no maybe she look something happened there i don't think it's this scandalous thing where she fucked up royally but i think you know whatever something happened there maybe something could have been done differently it's not the hill to go down on though she's not going to what get out of the race you mean go up on yeah well whatever but you know what i mean it's yeah. like it's not gonna happen love that point thank you proud of you good job i didn't watch the debate i'm sorry okay. i do have clips from over the weekend some good stuff bernie got a little feisty towards he Hillary. Was feisty last night okay well good maybe he's turned a corner here i think he i think he's realizing and, and we have you know we have results that we're gonna get into who's on track for the nomination because mm-hmm. bernie won michigan yes he did did it help we're gonna get into that Listen, we got too deep into this thing. Happy birthday, Patrick Flannery. My dad turned 69 years old today. Happy birthday, sir. My favorite conservative to argue with. I don't agree with him on anything politically, but I do like him. He's a good guy. I love him. He's my dad. Happy birthday, sir. Okay. We got two emails before we get into anything, Joe. You ready to do those emails? They're quick ones. We got some good stuff. Oh, you know what it was? I got a little... uh, we got. I, I have my computer plugged in. That's how we yes. play the clips. I got a, a G chat from Mike Costabile, who's probably listening to the program live. Oh, wow, name dropping today. Like well, crazy. whatever. You know what? We might as well. Uh, Hi, Mike. He sent me a, a UFC two, the new cover of UFC two with Nate Diaz choking out Conor McGregor and uh, Holly Holm kicking Ronda Rousey in the head. Thank you. Do not respond to me saying this, Mike, though, because it goes blink on the podcast, and I, <laughs> it's annoying to the the listeners. Thank you for listening, though. Email number one, Joey. We got it from Chase. He says, "Nope." He says, live, 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 baby. Hi, Joe. <laughs> All right. Thank it. you. Very good. You've, you've now made your mark on the program. We appreciate it. Email from Chase. He says, hi, Chris and Joey. Just got around to listening MSP 70, which if you're listening to this was the episode preceding it since I was on vacation last week. Unacceptable. You should have downloaded it and listened no, while you were on, yeah. on your trip. Let him have his vacation. All right. But I found this article saying that Romney has filed paperwork in order to run for president. He included a link. He says, Does this mean he's running for sure now. Thanks, guys, and keep up the awesome podcast, Chase. Thank you, sir. We appreciate the thank email. You, Chase. I looked into it, and I, I answered his email as I do with all the emails, mandatorysampson at gmail.com. Um, I looked into it. I couldn't find it from any, quote, reputable source or sources that I go to typically for mm-hmm. information that I trust. This was from the inquisitor.com. Uh, I don't know, because it also says that he filed as you know, he'd be running as a ticket that he'd be running with Paul Ryan. I don't know. I don't necessarily think if he did file papers, yes, that mm-hmm. would be big news. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't find anything officially saying anything about that. So I, I would just consider that hearsay for now. I just think it would be sneaky as anything if he did. What? File papers? Oh, file well, papers. Good, I mean, good luck. Being to- ready. 
Being ready to take the torch. Oh, for sure. Well, Knowing that the torch would be coming. He's ready. Speaking of, yeah, he's definitely ready. Um, there's no way he'd be able to keep that secret. So, like, if that happened, I think there would be huge news everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep our eye on it. But, you know, I appreciate the heads up, but I, I don't think that's anything. Also got an email from Jacob. Chris and Joey just wanted to start off saying that I'm a junior in high school and I love the podcast and I'm a crossover listener from the J Train podcast. Perfect. That's what we love to hear. Tell your friends. Share it around. I'd like to start out giving my perspective on the Who Do You Side With website. Last week, mm-hmm. we uh, I guess it was last week, isidewith.com. You can go on there, take a political quiz on a range of different topics and issues. It could tell you maybe who you would want to uh, support potentially. Yeah. Again, mine was like 97% Bernie Sanders or something like that. So I know where my bread is buttered. He, <laughs> he continues, my advisory of about 25 people took the basic form of the quiz and about 90% of us, including myself, were in 90% plus agreement with Bernie. Cool that you guys did that. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. I, I appreciate it. And even better that you guys uh, think Bernie's got the right, the right stuff. Uh, thought that that would go to reinforce the fact that Bernie is killing it with the youth. Also... Now, before I even read this sentence, I don't really know his uncle. I'm not act. This is not an endorsement. I'm just saying it. If you guys want to look into it, or if you're it's listening, in an email and you're just reading, I'm it. just reading it. If you're listeners from Iowa, go look into it. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just doing it because he asked, and that's fine. But this is not an official endorsement or anything. Also, would love to ask for a shout out for my uncle Rob Hogg, which is the best name of all time, who is running for Senate in Iowa. I don't want to speak for him, but I think that if a listener is in agreement with your views in general, like myself, you would tend to agree with him. As always, thank you for making Mandatory Samson and keep up the good work. Jacob, thank you, Jacob. I appreciate the email. And good good luck to Rob Hogg. If you're in Iowa and you're a Samsonite and you want to listen to it, go check it out. Go see what he has to say. All right, Joey, do you have any? I got to take a sip of this polar seltzer lemon. I've been in a number of meetings today. I'm a little parched. Mm-hmm. I want to have some. You got anything else to say? You want to rant about anything else? That yeah, I'm going to rant debate? about something really quickly right, because please. it just came out and I want to get hits. It turns out that Spider Man turned up in a trailer for uh, Civil War for Captain America 3. Oh, Civil really? War. Yes. All right, that's actually big news. Who's playing old Spidey in that? Is it, what's his face? No, no it's actually somebody new. Okay. I saw the name and I don't remember it. That tells you. All right, fair enough. I could look it up really quick. <laughs> Just look Hold it up. On. It's, it doesn't <laughs> okay, matter. Fine. Okay, uh, thank you. Perfect. You filled the silence. I got refreshing polar seltzer lemon on a nice warm day in New York. Okay. Brian Insignia, the cop who arrested Sandra Bland, mm-hmm. um, had, has officially been, formally been fired as of March 2nd. Now, a few people wanted us to talk about this last week or the week before. I forget. They were Snapchatting, like, excited to hear what you have to say about this. We had a lot going on, and I think I even mentioned it that week. But, you know, we're bringing it up now as a quick hit. Uh, He was fired after failing to rebut disciplinary charges. The disciplinary charges are failing to act courteously to Bland, which is like such an understatement. He he mm-hmm. essentially said he was going to light her up with a taser and he yanked yeah. her out of the car. Yes, he, he did not act courteously. Uh, prolonging her detention, violating general orders, and perjury, which I think we've also brought up, misdemeanor perjury charge carries up to a $4,000 fine and up to one year in jail. Which is really a slap in the wrist considering you're lying on the stand. Uh, completely. It's your uh, 100% and there's no way that fucking guy's going to get a year in jail. It's just not the case. Um, so anyway, all right. Not necessarily justice being done, but he did lose his job over it, which I think is more than reasonable. He, you know, he shouldn't be in a position of power at all. There's no way that that's the case. Especially... Who knows other shit that he's done that hasn't been filmed, you know? Mm-hmm. 
All right. So that's something that I want to bring. You got any comments about that? I mean, uh, just because sometimes I like to be the devil's advocate. Uh-huh. He did lose his job, which is horrible. The question now, how do you live with yourself? Well, you either, well, it's a good question. You either think that you did the right thing and that this is politically motivated or whatever, mm-hmm. and you don't have any remorse for it, or like a normal human being, you kind of look back over your actions, go, could I have prevented this? Was this the right thing could to do? Have what kind different. of, yeah, what biases do I have? And then maybe you become a better person. I think people are able to grow and learn. Um, who knows? You know, but mm-hmm. I think, I think whatever repercussions come out of that incident for this guy he has to be a man and take it the take what comes and he has Mm -hmm. to accept responsibility for that shit because he clearly was in the wrong and there's no that is that is it he has to be you know he has to take that for what it is all right it's another police related thing police violence uh on tuesday Mahler County District Attorney Dan Norris announced at a press conference that three of the eight shots fired all by police and FBI fatally wounding Lavoy Finnegan, one of the Oregon militia protesters. We, we talked about mm-hmm. this, uh, were just quote justified and quote, in fact, necessary. Now I have a quote from Finnegan. You remember this whole story. Obviously yes. they, okay. This is the guy that got killed on the side of the road. I'm going to talk about it for a second. Yeah. There is a video attached to it. They've actually pieced together a number of videos, videos from inside his car, the aerial, I guess it looks like a drone video, whatever. They piece it together. I've watched it a number of times. I've watched it a couple of times. It is very hard to tell whether he reached for some kind of weapon. He does appear to me to go for his waist at some point. And obviously these militia guys seem to be armed, right? That they would have. Okay. Um, He also, I have a quote here from him that says, go ahead, put the bullet through me. I don't care. I'm going to meet the sheriff. You do as you damn well, please. That's audio from the video. That seems very confrontational. It does. Well, yes, it seems. I wouldn't say confrontational is the right word. Okay. What it seems is I'm going to talk to the sheriff. Mm-hmm. If you want to kill me, fine. It's not a threat. It's not confrontational, but it is. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> You're going to have to make up your decision whether you want to shoot me or not. And, and they, they did, did. And they killed him. Okay. Um, he didn't seem like a threat to them. He gets out. His arms are up for the most part. Then he does reach down for his waist. The reason why I'm bringing it up. Mm-hmm. Is that if this wasn't um, this guy, if this wasn't this white Oregon militia guy getting out of a vehicle on a, you know, a backwood kind of thing on a, a wildlife reserve, and this was a black kid getting out of a car in wherever, Chicago, oh, or wherever he it is. would have been shot the moment he got out of the car. That's not even what I'm saying. Would, would we be, would we... I'm just trying to be fair with it. I understand that okay. there is a complete bias of the police against people of color, and in no way am I. Comp- I'm not. I'm not making that comparison. That's the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I gotta believe that if the same, if the video is the same, you just put it in a different context. Black kid gets out of the car. Same scenario, and he, it's exactly the same. I'd probably be like, those cops didn't have to shoot him. They could have shot him in the leg. Again, they're very close to him. They could have mm, t- tackled him. You know. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there, but it's always the same language and the police are never, you know, it's always justified is really the point that I'm trying to make. Right. I mean, yeah, he might've been a threat. I haven't read anything that he had a gun on him though. Okay. I get that you would assume that, but isn't that the same shit that people make about the argument? You go, well, look, gang members or whatever criminals, you got to assume they have have a gun on them. Okay. Well, all right. 
should they be dead? I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. And again, it's more a point about the word, the use of the word justified. Check out the video, guys. If you could take a look at it, if you want to leave a comment, that's fine. But, but the fact remains, he did have a gun in the pocket of his jacket. Did he? I don't know. He that's did. A, oh, is that true? You yes. did a little extra research. Okay. All right. So you know what? The, that, it was a loaded nine millimeter. All right. So that changes the. Okay. That's fine. I maybe I missed that in the article. Okay. Yeah. Then that fine. Then that changes it. Again, I don't know if he reached for it. It seems like he could have. But yeah, I mean, he had a weapon on him. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time with these other shootings, it's like. Yeah, the cops acted rash, you know, reasonably, but the guy was completely unarmed or he had a knife and they had guns, you know. All right, he had a gun on him, so again, maybe he doesn't have to be dead, maybe they don't have to shoot him to death. <laughs> but okay, I can understand them then feeling like he might be a threat. All right, I just wanted to bring that up. No problem. Thank you, Joey, for the uh, the assist there. Next quick hit, we got this one more and then we can get into uh, mm-hmm. you know, results and different stuff like this. The U.S. Drone Casualty Report. This is a very interesting one. On Monday, President Obama's counterterrorism and homeland security advisor, Lisa uh, Monaco, announced that for the first time, the administration will acknowledge the number of people killed in drone strikes outside of conventional war zones, including civilians. Joe, you got any thoughts on that before we get into any of the other stuff on this? Um I kind of like the way they classify things. Okay. Because apparently if the CIA does a drone strike, it's a convert. Meaning covert. 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 Yeah. Meaning that it's not officially acknowledged by the administration. Okay. Thus, the numbers don't count. Right. Okay. Fair point. On top of that, they're only including, quote, active. Uh, no, they're not including active hostility areas. Yeah. Iraq. Uh, Afghanistan and Syria. So where who, who are they droning then? Oh, okay. So they killed a civilian in, in Omaha. No, no, no. V- virtually, what they're going to tell you is about military exercises that happened. Military exercises that happened in Pakistan, Yemen, Libya, and Somalia. Can I tell you something? Uh-huh. That is a disgrace. That we would, in a training exercise, kill civilians. The number should be no, zero. No, no. But the point is that the likelihood of civilians dying in those training would be even lower. So they'd say, hey, we're doing what we're supposed no, to be I, doing. I, I totally, I totally understand what you're saying. My point is, if the number's higher than zero, <laughs> like, you're practicing. That's like being at batting practice for the Yankees. You'd be like, yeah, we kill one or two fans during batting practice, but, you know, <laughs> that's insane. That's not something that should be happening whatsoever. I got a couple of quotes here. Lisa Monaco. We know that not only is greater transparency the right thing to do, it is the best way to maintain the legitimacy of our counterterrorism actions and the broad support of our allies. Sure. Got a quote from Jamil Jaffer, ACLU deputy legal director. He says the administration should also release the legal memos. Now this is where it gets interesting because mm-hmm. this is stuff that happened under Bush, John Wu and all the legal memos that his fucking, uh, you know, his people wrote to justify their actions. It wasn't like the actions they were taking were, okay as far as torture is concerned Mm -hmm. they created a legal precedent for it then you know what i mean retroactively to them doing it that's good so okay jamil jaffer says the administration should also release the legal memos that supply the purported legal basis for drone strikes particularly those carried out away from recognized battlefields the authority to use legal force should be subject to more stringent oversight by the public by congress and at least in some contexts by the courts right yep yeah. My uh the one thing I found interesting about this. Yeah. Would you want to take a guess at the number that Lindsey Graham threw out of his possible casualties? Yes. I well, I actually know because I have it written in oh, my notes okay. here, but go ahead, say it. I mean, well, let me say this. Lindsey Graham has thrown out a number on a number of occasions. 
a big number of mm-hmm. people killed. U.S. officials have described civilian drone casualties, quote, in the single digits. What is the number that Senator, former presidential candidate, Lindsey Graham has thrown out there? 4,700. Big difference between single digits and four digits. But it's really not, because if you don't count all the CIA uh, right. covert operations, right. then you're right there in single digits. Absolutely, and that's what's really interesting about it. And it's creepy 1984 shit. The Obama administration claims to be the most transparent in history. They're not. That's not true. It's not something that I support, and I hate it, and that's why I like WikiLeaks and I love Edward Snowden. You need people that are going to put out the information because they're going to try to distort it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. There's a fucking j- quantum leap between 5,000 and eight. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and if you're just changing the rubric to say, yeah, we've only killed eight people, except not in Iraq, Afghanistan, all these other no, all these countries. At, Syria where we're actually actively at war and have been for a decade. Oh, okay. Give me a fucking break. It's not real transparency. I'm interested to see what the number is. Or, you know, they do the thing where it's 30 years later and they actually release what actually happened. Yeah, of course. Well, that's always how it is, right? I mean, you think people didn't find out about fucking Agent Orange until much later and the, you know, the after effects of that stuff. Uh, any final thoughts on that? I mean, obviously, we're going to keep our eye on that. That's an interesting uh, development. And I also don't understand why he'd really be doing that, you know? Uh, he doing what? Like pay, like do, releasing these numbers, like paying lip service to the idea of transparency. I mean, I guess it is just that, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. Last quick hit before we get into the uh, the meat of the episode here. Virginia and the electric chair. On Monday, the Virginia Senate passed a proposal twenty two to seventeen mandating the electric chair for executions in le- if lethal injection drugs are unavailable. What year are we in? Well, we're back to the uh, future. It doesn't make sense. Um, this is something that we've talked about a number of times on the podcast about the drug cocktail. It's supposed to be three drugs for lethal injection to make it humane and not make people suffer to death, essentially. Um, this is a reaction to that. I have a couple of quotes um, that we're going to get to, but l- let me say this. Capital inmates can choose, can choose, inje- yeah, let them choose injection or chair 15 days before their execution. If they don't choose, the chair becomes the default, assuming that drugs are not available. Uh, first of all, to me, that seems like cruel, cruel and unusual punishment to be like, how do you want to die in two weeks, fucker? Well, everybody loves the Constitution uh, and two states have said it's unconstitutional to use this method of death. The electric chair. Yes. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, like you're saying, right, it's it's barbaric. Although the way we're doing with lethal injection, where, where I've said a number of times, we're letting the fucking dumb states try to execute. And I don't mean all the states. I'm saying literally the states in the United States that are dumb. We're letting them try to execute people and they're failing miserably. And again, who wants to be like standing up for the rights of a rapist and a murderer? But- we do have rules of law in this country and that's what we're supposed to be based on. And I don't believe even if you're the scum of the fucking earth that you should be tortured to death. We're better than that. They're not. And that's why we're killing them because they supposedly can't live in our society. Oh, but we're just going to think it's okay to let somebody choke to death on a gurney because we didn't bother to get the third cocktail, like the third ingredient in the cocktail. It's fucked up. Well, what's really electric chair. I mean, Jesus Christ, what is this? The green mile? What's really interesting, though, is the fact that European manufacturers ban the drug's use, so that, so that's why they can't even get it. Yeah, of course, because a reasonable fucking Europe is like, yeah, we're not going to make it. I don't think so. I don't think we're going to do that. 
Right, but all the states in the United States that are like, nope, tough on crime, just say no type people. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> I found no, it. <laughs> no, no. Okay, so let's shed some light on this. Uh-huh. Before the episode started, Chris had mentioned that he wanted to uh, mention Nancy Reagan. Yeah, but I cut her out of the rundown because I was like, whatever, there's no reason to get into it. However, I feel that we could have better transitioned into Nancy Reagan. What? I found a smooth way into that one. <laughs> I had to bring it up. Okay. Uh, Nancy Reagan, look, rest in peace. Not a fan of Ronald Reagan at all. Uh, I don't like, this is what I was talking about. Nancy Reagan's just say no on drugs. There's good drugs and bad drugs. There are drugs that kill people. There are drugs that make you open your mind up and, and lose your ego a little bit and understand uh, consciousness a little better. Nancy Reagan was a blanket, just say no type of person. I didn't care for that. I think it did a lot of harm, way more harm than good. Um, oh, I respectfully disagree with that. Well, well, how do you how do you disagree that her just say no did it was good? It was did more good than bad. She she took a topic that was close to her and she shed light on it. Uh, yeah, but she did it in a way that was not helpful. It criminalized a lot of people. Uh, the crack epidemic happened under over Ronnie Reagan's uh, you know watch. Look, we're not going to get into the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Didn't care for her. It is what it is. To my point, the it's the same tough on crime, just say no kind of attitude that leads people to be like, we don't have that third cut drug. I don't give a shit. We need to punish these murderers. You know, it's crazy. Meanwhile, they're putting to death some people that are innocent or trying to peel their thing. Mm-hmm. There's a process that they're trying to avoid. And the electric chair being added into this whole thing. It's just like, man, we are a laughing stock in this country. What would you rather, Joey? If you knew the possibility, you're they're going to put you to death next Friday. I'm taking the lethal injection. But really, even knowing that they might not have, there's a good possibility they might not have that third one. And while you might be paralyzed, you're feeling your body be set on fire like something like it is going to be a. If my choice is between life. that and the electric chair, yes, I'm going to go with that. I might go electric chair. We talked about this. I mean, it is barbaric, but I'd maybe rather go in front of a firing squad than fucking get risk this goddamn painful exit through the lethal injection. I don't know. I don't want to be talking about our exits, bro. No, I don't. Want, well, I'm gonna live forever. But the <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? It's like yes. it's, it's a it's a weird thing that they're doing, and of course it's Virginia. I'm not surprised. I have a quote from Senator Scott Surville, who's a Democrat from that state. If the DOC, the Department of Corrections, certifies that they're unable to perform the execution for any reason with lethal injection, then the electric chair can be used. It could be for literally any reason. They don't have drugs. They can't find someone to do it. Mm -hmm. They can't get an executioner to come in on short notice like, ah, fuck it, strap him in the chair. Let's do this. That's how we're doing it. If I happen to say I also have a a quote from Scott that I would like to read, may I? Joey, please, you're so prepared today. Yes, we started a little earlier today, folks. Uh, Joey had a little time to research. You mean we started later today? What did I say? You said earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. We started later in the day than we normally do. We usually start at 4 o'clock. We started around 5. Go for it, Joey. We have more transparency buying furniture than we do taking a life in the state. Wow. Is there any more uh, context to that? Or was it say the quote again? We have more transparency buying furniture than we do taking a life in the state. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, you, you, I mean, people get clouded by the idea of vengeance and justice, the, this misguided idea of like killing them is justice. I don't know, man. I, I don't understand how, if it is illegal, if it is a punishable by, by death thing to kill somebody, why would that be the punishment then? <laughs> You're sending a bit of a mixed message there. No, yes. it just doesn't logically make sense to me. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not for the death penalty. So anyway, I wanted to bring that up. That's an interesting, uh, Man, 
It's an interesting one. Virginia leading the way. Yeah. Ready to get into, into some primary results? Yeah. We're going to do primary results. Then we got this FBI privacy thing, the Snowden clip, which I think is really, really good. Aaron Andrews, Hulk Hogan, we're going to talk about. Mm. And then we'll close out with some of these uh, Democratic debate clips that I was talking about. Okay. Sound good? Sounds great. Awesome. Network TV. Listen to this. Now, before we get into the actual results, this is a really interesting one. I think you're going to like it, Joey, because you don't get these. Some some things I keep secret from Joey Mm -hmm. uh, just so I can surprise him on the air. Now, network TV evening newscast presidential campaign coverage numbers. I have a graph here. Oh, good God. Yeah. It's called Airwave Grab, and this is from Tyndall. It's a Tyndall report, T-Y-N. D-A-L-L report. So you can go check that out if you want to look into it more. Economist.com. Presidential campaign coverage on network TV evening newscasts up to February 26th. All right? This is in minutes. It puts it... Oh, so this is before Romney comes out and trashes our boy. Okay. Was that before? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, regardless. So Republican coverage. And now people go, why is Trump gaining steam? Why, Why can't we get rid of him? Maybe this factors in. Donald Trump, now this combined NBC, ABC, and CBS, it all seems like about the same amount of coverage each of them gave. Uh, maybe ABC the most. ABC seems, yeah. Over 400 minutes since 20, uh, have been spent talking about Donald Trump on the evening news. Over 400 minutes. Now, that's a lot of minutes. That's a lot of minutes. It's hours we're talking, right? It's yeah. a, it's a lo- good amount of time. Cruz has gotten a I mean, I'm looking at the graph. It's not the greatest graph, but it looks like 70 minutes, maybe. So about an hour. Rubio, less than that. On the Democratic side, Hillary got under 200 minutes of coverage. So let's say about 180 minutes of coverage, about three hours. Sanders got about 50 minutes, 60 minutes of coverage. Yeah, we got to up that. Do you wonder why people can't seem to shit? Because you're giving Donald Trump free publicity. And this is on evening news. It's Mm -hmm. not even like MSNBC, whatever. This is like the the four o'clock news, shit like that. Where very low information voters get their news from. I mean, those are the low information voters we're talking about. They tune in for 10 minutes a day. I'm going to make America great again. Those fucking Mexicans are going to pay for the wall. I agree, Donald. And they turn it off. And that's all they're going to get. They get no context. They're just like, that guy sounds like he's going to make America great again. But he gets the votes. Yeah, and he's getting that. That's my point, though. He's getting it from low information voters. That's the issue. And, that, and stop giving him free coverage. He doesn't have to pay for that. He's self-financing his campaign. Bullshit. CBS is financing you his campaign. You do know that there were two town hall yesterday's on TV. I did know, Joey. Okay. But again, I don't have time to. Did you watch them? Yeah, did you nothing. Have time to, no, nothing crazy. Yeah, nothing crazy. Those. It was what? The Rubio one and yep. what else? And then uh, our boy Trump had one at 10 o'clock. Yeah, it's uh, but again, that's CNN fucking. It's a ratings bonanza. They, they don't. It's meaningless stuff. What are you getting from Rubio and Trump at this point that you haven't heard them say? I mean, really, if you don't understand who these people are at this point, what are you doing? Then you're just a, you're a low information zero that probably shouldn't be voting to begin with, but you're going to, and that's why we're going to end up with either you know Donald Trump or fucking Hillary Clinton. That's the situation we're in. Here is the results from the primaries that have taken place over the last several days. I did a shitty job here <laughs> writing my notes, so just bear with me. The GOP side. On March 5th, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, and Maine voted. Mm-hmm. Cruz won Kansas, 24 delegates. Trump won Kentucky, 17, what did I say, candidates, delegates. Trump, Louisiana, 18 delegates. Cruz took Maine for 12 delegates. Those are the winners, mm-hmm. all right? On March 8th, Cruz took Idaho, 20 delegates. Trump took Michigan, 
and Hawaii, 25 delegates and 10 respectively. And Mississippi, Trump also took 24 delegates, all right? So Donald Trump ends up being the big winner there. He's still on track, and we're going to get into those who's on track numbers in a little bit because I think that those are really uh, – those are interesting. Mm-hmm. To the Democratic side, Hillary Clinton on 3-5 took Louisiana, 37 delegates. Bernie Sanders took Kansas and Nebraska, 24 delegates and 25 delegates. On 3-6, Bernie took Maine – No surprise there. Close to his home state, 15 delegates. On 3-8, Hillary Clinton took Mississippi, 30 delegates there. Bernie Sanders, in a bit of an upset based on polling numbers, he took 67 delegates out of Michigan. Nice. Any thoughts on the fact that the polling was so wrong and Bernie's... uh... Now, again, the debate that I did cover was right before Michigan. It took place in Mm -hmm. Flint. Maybe that factors in. He did better with the black vote. He got 30% of the vote as opposed to getting blown out, only getting like 8% or something like that. Any thoughts on that, Joey? Well, I hope that the trend continues with the polling being off then. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Right. Um, It doesn't feel like that. And Nate Silver, I didn't bring that, but he explained why to an extent the polling would be off there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I forget. Honestly, I shouldn't even have said that because I don't remember exactly what his rationale was, but he did explain it. Now, the thing that we talked about last week where, yeah, Bernie's winning. It feels like there's momentum. The delegates just simply aren't there for him. I want to get into that a little bit. So I'm going to 538. You guys go check this out yourself. Uh, Who's on track for the nomination? At this point, this was updated when? March 10th, 11 o'clock this morning. So this brand new updated polling. Hillary Clinton is at 113% of her target. She's won 772 delegates. Bernie's at 86% of his target, 549 delegates. If you ask me, that's down the ball game. It's in the ball game, but once again, this is what this is what we're going to talk about. Now, Bernie wins Michigan. This is a huge upset. People are calling it. They're saying, boy, Hillary's got to feel the pressure here. Huge momentum swing. Bernie hit his target, 67 of 67 delegates that he needed to stay on track. Hillary hit her 63 of 63 target as well. Hmm. Even. Yeah. So there's so even this big upset, maybe there's momentum. He didn't do anything delegate wise. Also that night, people are pretending that this didn't happen. Mississippi. Bernie needed 13 delegates in Mississippi. You know how many he got? Four. Ugh. Hillary ended up going 32 of the 23 she needed. So yeah. she so Hillary, after a big upset, after a momentous thing for Bernie Sanders, it feels great. He lost delegates that night. That's the problem, and that's what I'm trying to caution because a lot of people, obviously, were trying to rile him up for Bernie, and great. You should. You should still support him. He's vowed to stay in until July, until the convention. He's in the race. So don't worry about it. If there's a shot, he's going to take it. But he's going to have to start overperforming. Way overperforming. Or just performing enough. He needed 13 in Mississippi. He was nine behind that target. It's terrible. It's no good. It's not his fault necessarily, but it is the reality of the situation. He he was behind like, you know, he was like 180 something delegates behind her. Um, Before that, he wins Michigan and he's now over 200 behind her. (laughs) You know, right. It's very, it's disheartening. It's frustrating, but I'm not going to shield the reality of what is going on here. I mean, we can flip over to the the Republican side. You get the point. Trump is at 107% of his target. Cruz is at 69%. He actually went up. Rubio is dying. It's almost over. For I him. do have to say, I think Rubio's collapse right now is even worse than 
Bush's was. Yeah, it was that fucking, it was that debate. That robot thing really hurt him. That was it. He had momentum there. He could have swung the tide in his direction at that point. That fucking robot thing was really brutal. That was it. Yeah, it hurt him. We said that. Yeah. Uh, and also, there was other factors involved a little bit before that, too. Trump didn't go to one of the debates or whatever. Yeah. So Rubio had his shot. He blew it. Uh, he's in third place, and then Kasich is at like 19% of his goal or something like that. So let's just take, for example, one of the states. Trump is doing well, and this is always what you have to keep your eye on. In Mississippi, Trump won 25 of the 17 delegates he needed, so he mm-hmm. went over. Cruz, 15 of 19. Rubio, 0 of 13. Kasich, 0 of 7. So it's that type of thing. I, I know it, there is an immediate aspect to it. There's a momentum aspect to it. But at the end of the day, man, it's delegates, and that's what Obama understood early and often, and that's why he got he just kept building a lead. He'd have fifteen delegate lead, twenty delegate yeah. lead, and then before you knew it, it's a hundred and she can't keep up. Bernie's gotta make a call to the president and get him on board. Yeah, I don't know, man. We'll see. I mean, I think based on some of the clips I listened to in Michigan, you know, at that mm-hmm. debate, I think he spoke well to the black community. Although there was one clip that I had to do it. I love Bernie, but there was one clip where I was like, mm. if he had the thought to redo that answer, he would have redone it because it yeah. just didn't play well. Obama's not going to support him. Again, Hillary's taking up the mantle of the Obama legacy. And to be president, to want to be involved in that 99 times out of 100, got to have a bit of an ego. You got to be a bit of a psycho to want to be the president. You know, it's a crazy job. Um, Bernie doesn't fit that mold, but he's the only one that doesn't fit that mold. The the rest of them all are, you know, type A personalities and they're there for a reason. Hillary's stoking Obama's ego by running on his legacy. He's not going to support Bernie. Bernie is running against both of them. Like, you guys didn't do what you said you were going to do. You didn't go far enough. That's it. All right. How do you overperform? It's uh, a great question. If you had that answer, Joey, you wouldn't be sitting here. You'd be uh, running yeah. a campaign right now. You know, uh, I don't know. Again, a big endorsement. Maybe an Elizabeth Warren comes out. Maybe that helps. But does that help with the black community? I don't think so. No. Who does? Right. Again, and the question is probably it's only Obama, essentially. And maybe if, Oprah. I, I don't know. Yeah, Oprah. Right. I don't know. But I don't think that's going to happen. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. The. The interesting thing would be is if you could maybe reach over to the other side and get like Colin Powell, Condoleezza Rice. Sure. I mean, Colin Powell, maybe, but, I, you know, how much sway does a Republican general have over no, like the everyday black community? You know, I don't know. That's the question. And is it really a function of the shit that Bernie is trying to change if he actually became president? Is that the very stuff that's hurting him now? The fact that you know, in a, in some cases, I'm not saying all black people are poor or whatever, but he is dealing with, with the people, the base that he really needs to get that Hillary is getting is not necessarily middle-class blacks or people that have uh, gotten to a higher socioeconomic standard. He really needs to get the, the same way the Republicans need to get poor whites. They need mm-hmm. to get people who are really struggling. That's who he needs to get. And he's not resonating with them because they've heard a lot of bullshit from older white politicians for how many years now? for how many years and Hillary is getting that support probably de facto because oh Bill sure the first black president according to the media you know what I mean yeah again it's that same thing and, and what are you gonna go back 20 years in time and fix this you can't it is what it is he there's video and, and pictures of Bernie getting arrested at marches there's literally hey that's Martin Luther King hey that's Bernie Sanders it doesn't it's not enough it's not enough it doesn't work so I don't, I don't know why 
it might just be the case. And that's it. And, you know, unfortunately, that's sometimes how elections are won and lost. Welcome to our presidential debate between Donald Trump. Thank you, sweetheart. Bernie Sanders. I'm honored that the American people are devoting their time to us tonight. And Hillary Clinton. Where is she? Is she still in the toilet again? I hope she's not deleting any more emails. I am so sorry. I was in the little girl's room. (laughs) Bill, maybe you should get yourself a squatty potty. A what? Squatty potty. It's the small toilet stool. It puts yourself in the correct angle. So, you know, you can go better. Sanders, I think you're full of it. Heck, you believe unicorns can make rainbows. I am not full of it. Since I've been using Squatty Potty, I'm able to let it all go a lot easier. Squatty Potty can get our country moving again. There's no debate. Squatty Potty, as seen on Shark Tank and made in the USA, will guarantee better eliminations. Go to electsquattypotty.com for free express delivery and discreet packaging. Squatty Potty has an exclusive 60-day guarantee and is available at all Bed Bath & Beyond and Target stores. Go to electsquattypotty.com today. Get America moving again. Invest in a squatty potty. (laughs) Celebrity voices are parodies and not endorsements. Hey, this is Joe List, and that's Mark Norman here. From Tuesdays with Stories, check out our podcast. Tell them why, Mark. You're going to love it. It's nothing but laughs, jokes, stories from the road, vagina, and that guy. Yeah, you're getting laid. We're being silly. Check it out. Find new and archived episodes of Tuesdays with Stories on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and tune in. All right, Joey, moving forward... Let's get into this FBI privacy rules and the Edward Snowden clip. You interested in getting into this stuff? Yeah. Okay. According to an exclusive Guardian report, everybody knows I love the Guardian. I like to go on there. The FBI has quietly revised its privacy rules for searching da- data data involving Americans' international communica- uh, communications, affecting a set of powers known as Section 702, which authorizes the NSA's sweeping prism program which is essentially a backdoor search program that the nsa has and now they've quietly changed the rules to allow them a little bit more access to international communications of american citizens yeah of course they did adorable right yeah that's what's frustrating when all this stuff comes up which we're going to get into about the encryption and apple and we pretend like it's oh it's limited scope and they're really just trying to protect us i don't think that's the case man and i i think there can be an argument made i'm throwing this out there that some of this stuff is probably being repurposed and repackaged to corporations also for market research purposes for different things like that. No, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. Because that's the key. That's the key to all this stuff, data and demographics. If you can get that 19 to 30-year-old demographic that Bernie is capitalizing on, man, that's who you want to sell to. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the, those are the people that you really want to get to. This has to factor into there. Plus, those are the people that are going to be out protesting and are going to be out supporting a Bernie Sanders, are going to be at Black Lives Matter and Occupy Wall Street and stuff like that. You want to have the information on that group. They are the group that that moves the economy, essentially. You know what I mean? And 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 moves culture forward because that's the group that's going to be 40 and 50 and have kids and whatever, you know? I don't know. So let's move on to this. I got a, It's a three-minute clip of uh, Edward Snowden. He's at some kind of conference, you know, he tell a you know, teleconferenced in or whatever. They he Skyped in? There. He Skyped in. For, maybe not Skype, but yes. Uh, he's talking about privacy, the FBI, and Apple. It's a three-minute clip. We can stop it like we mm-hmm. always do. We can talk about it. It might be a little bit difficult to hear just because it's audio from the room. Like, they could have done a better job with this. If you have a hard time hearing it or whatever, I think we need to clarify something. I'll do that. But I always love to hear Edward Snowden's take on this stuff because he's in real time, a guy that knows exactly what he's talking about. And in my opinion, is a patriot and a guy that, God damn it, if we can get him back in this country, I'd vote for him. He's mm. the real deal. you know. Let him be the NSA director. I bet we'd have a bit of a different program. All right. This is Edward Snowden on 
Apple, the FBI, and the San Bernardino uh, case that is playing out right now. Do we want to live in a society where no American can pick the phone without worrying about who's listening? Do they have to worry about what their Google searches are going to look like to some government official? Is that is this no good to listen to, or is it okay? I mean, I think it's worth. I think it's a little difficult. To be you think so, Shelby? Any thoughts on that? What do you think, Shelby? Shelby thinks it's okay. okay. We'll do it. I'm going to go with Shelby's expertise over here. Let's do it. When you can't even remember what you searched in that box last week, uh, when people say, you know, I, I don't have anything to find, yes, there are political answers to this, like saying, you know, um, arguing that you don't care about the privacy because you have nothing to hide is no different than saying you don't care about freedom of speech because you have nothing to say. But that, that is. <laughs> I love that. He has a real way with words, this guy. He yes. says he's very smart, he understands the issue extremely well. And that's why we're doing a detriment, to, a disservice to ourselves as a country. This is a guy we want out there. We want this guy to be leading the way in policy and discussions and protests and forums and things like that. He knows what he's talking about and he gets it and he's on our side. He is one of us. We the people. Mm -hmm. Edward Snowden is that guy, you know, and, and having him just ostracized out in Russia is absurd and we're doing ourselves a disservice by not having him around. Great point. Yes. Saying, well, my privacy isn't important because I have nothing to hide is like saying, well, my freedom of speech isn't important because I have nothing to say. say. You might have something to say and you might eventually, do you just want to have that right. It is a right. and You deserve it. It's a human right. Another point of the fact that there's actually vulnerability in there. Surveillance isn't about safety. Surveillance is about power. Um, Surveillance isn't about safety. It is about power. Correct. Mm -hmm. He who controls the information controls everything. You know, the means of communication. That's a power thing. And that's why we've seen the rise of advertising and marketing and all this stuff. Creating a brand, imaging, all this stuff. It's power. If you look at a Nike swoosh and you don't just see a little white check mark there, you know exactly but what you it see is. Michael Jordan and you see Derek Jeter and you see leadership and you see Gatorade and you see all this crap by just looking at that. That's powerful. That's way more powerful than looking at the Adidas thing. You know what I mean? Or whatever it is. Right? Yes. That's what he's, that's what he's speaking to here. It's the same thing with privacy and your communications. We're going to get into it later. Aaron Andrews, Hulk Hogan, all that stuff. She feels powerless. She feels humiliated because somebody has information on her in her private time. That's what that is. It relates exactly to what Edward Snowden's talking to here. Let's stop letting the NSA take our information and let's stop taking our information for granted. So we've got this balance where you're, the government's asking you to create a society in which there can never occur a conversation to which the government is not party which is a radical change uh, in the nature of human society that's never existed before. We always had privacy within the walls of our homes. Uh, communications were ephemeral. We go to confession in church, nobody hears it was a record. Uh, even when you wrote a letter, there was no long-term uh, record of that unless you were already under investigation. Someone was uh, basically doing some kind of pen register to, to do that. Now, all mail being sent to the U.S. Postal Service is scanned. Uh, trying to fight on one of these two bases where I argue here in the audience, you know, use GPG. Uh, he, he's talking about encryption here now. I just want to stop before he goes into this section of it. He's saying stuff that is typically assumed to be private, confessing to a priest sending a letter, the conversation you have in your home, this stuff is not private anymore. And that the same way that 
pollution was a byproduct of the industrial revolution. Data is the byproduct is the pollution essentially of the information age. Where does it go? Should we be keeping this stuff? Should it just be deleted? No, there's a track record there. And if people in a position of power want to access that information, it's only going to increase their power. They have access to it. And it's that's just a click away. Absolutely. And and especially when you got programs like prison and different X key, key score and all the stuff that Stone's talked about. Picture calls, encryption text, which by the way, if you want to do this the easy way for your smartphone, just use signal. Uh, it's an app in any of those stores you get it. Edward Stone suggests the program Signal to uh, encrypt your, your smartphone. So if you guys feel like getting into I'm thinking about getting into that too. Uh, I use it. Uh, it's pretty solid. It's not unbeatable, uh, but it's very strong. Uh, and of course it's real. Uh, this is like saying, you know, constitutional rights should be transmitted via word of mouth. That's not how it should work in a free society. Uh, we have to change things on policy level. We have to change things on political level. We have to use the technical community to enforce our rights through new technical means in ways that are reliable, that are robust, that actually work at scale. So rather than you having to take some action, it happens without your knowledge. Now, we do have some evidence today of methods that do work. The Apple versus the FBI case is a good example of this. The FBI would not be as pissed off as they are <laughs> If it was not effective. Now, there is a. Oh my God. Who did this audio? How dare you? He, come on. In court, that Apple has the exclusive technical means. These are the words in their own court documents. Exclusive technical means of getting it this phone. Uh, respectfully, that's horseshit. <laughs> so Snowden says that in the documents, the FBI says that Apple has the exclusive. Uh, means to get into that phone and he's saying quote that's bullshit mm-hmm. I think we need to wrap things up <laughs> okay so he said bullshit so they wrapped it up but anyway so it's just interesting I like to hear Snowden's take on it every time I hear him say something it's it's there's usually some stuff in there that's interesting and worth repeating and something that that should be in the consciousness and he's also saying that the FBI is full of shit if they want to get that information they're just trying to use this as another means to get in to information, and then once that door is open, that door is never going to close. That's that's really the truth. And that door is too big to begin with anyway. Yeah, oh, for sure. By the way, I'm such an idiot. I did it b- last night too. I forgot to include. I had a bit of Trump's Michigan press conference. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the Aaron Andrews stuff. We'll play just that little bit of it that I wanted to play okay. for. But you know what? Never mind. Let's not even play it, but let me just make this example. Usually when a candidate wins... And a, an election or a primary or something. Mm-hmm. They go out, they give a speech in front of their fans or their supporters, cheering. It feels yes. like a victory rally. What Trump's been doing lately is he does these like faux press conferences where he's in front of American flags like the president would uh-huh. be. He's got reporters there and they ask him questions and he kind of fields shit. But it's also mixed in with like his supporters there who are clapping at some of his answers. And it's very, very smart, smartly yes. orchestrated by, on his part. But it's bizarre because he also doesn't give the, po- the, uh, the journalists microphones. So they're asking their questions on video. You don't hear what they're saying, and you just hear him go, no, that's ridiculous. No, no, no. Here we go. And then he just cuts them off, and then people applaud. It's very sneaky, and it's very authoritarian. He's a, he's a weird guy. He, he's playing a, a fine line, but the, that's the only reason I wanted to play the, the bit of the press conference. Play it. Go ahead. Play it. Um, all right. All right. Fine. Let's do it. Let, let's play it. So this is Donald Trump post-Michigan. I shouldn't have skipped it, but whatever. We'll go back a little bit. This is Trump post-Michigan giving his presser, I'm doing the air quotes, 
which is essentially a victory speech, and he's kind of blurring the lines between those things. Um, hold on, actually, one second. Let me just go back in my notes because I have when we should start listening to it. All right. Do you know what it is? It's perfectly operated propaganda. It is ex- precisely, Joe. That's exactly what I'm sure. Tr- yeah, you said it in a lot more concise way than I, than I was saying. Right, it is. It's propaganda, and it's for an idiot that's, wa- I, whatever, a person that's watching, like, you know, the, the local newscast or something. They're going to show a clip of Donald Trump from this thing. They're probably not really going to put it into context. They might even be talking over it, but the imagery is, oh, that guy looks like the president. And it's very smart what he's doing. Also, I'm glad we're going back here because Hillary tried to interrupt this thing. She scheduled her victory speech about halfway through his speech. You know what the networks did, including MSNBC, all of them? They They taped Hillary. Yeah, they taped Hillary, let Trump finish, and then put Hillary on after. Well, that's That's exactly how you should do it. No, it isn't. No, no, if it's even the other way around, whoever got there first should have president. They do it with everybody else. Absolutely. Right. But not show it in full. They'll cut away from somebody to go, oh, well, we're going to go to Hillary now. Not necessarily that they had to do that, but why not just cut into it? It's not something that typically happens, and the networks are very complicit in this guy getting elected. When they go, I don't understand how he's winning. I don't understand where the sports guy. You're supporting him. Yeah, if you don't mention his name, he loses power. Right, of course, right. It's like Voldemort, right? Just don't yeah. say it, and he'll. Hey, you can't say it. Damn it. Well, he already, Harry figured it out. All right, this is Donald Trump. This is just a little bit. We don't have to listen to you know. It's maybe four minutes here, but yeah. this is just to illustrate the point. So this is Trump at his quote press conference after his win in Michigan. Let, let's hear what the uh, the Donald has to say. But that's because I want fair trade, okay? I want free trade. But free trade, you have to have smart people on both sides. And we don't have smart people on our side. So I now, want... You hear, like, even a laugh? You're not going to get laughs like that at an Obama press conference. It just doesn't no. make sense. Also, the way he treats the, the journalist here, what a fucking animal. Like, it's funny until he's actually in power. Fair trade. It's got to be fair trade. Or as you would say, fair and balanced trade, Okay. As they would say at Fox. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, applaud. Sure. At a press conference. Let's Jeremy, go ahead. So you can't ask what the journal, you can't hear what the journalists are mm-hmm. asking. This sneaky Very piece important. of garbage. Pause it for a second. Destroyed. Yeah. That shot is beautiful. Yes, it looks like the White House. He's doing that intentionally. That is why. It you looks have the like, blue background, all the American flags, yep. a packed room. Two, he, two Secret Service guys there. Trump is on the screen. In the middle. Yep, he's all in the middle. All eyes are focused on him. He's got his Trump water and steaks and shit next to him. He's a psycho, this guy. And, but he's doing it. He's really smart about media, and that's why he's, he's you know doing very well here. Uh, they're talking about f- trade or something. Mm-hmm. Destroyed. Yeah. It's crazy that you can't hear the, the reporter. He does that on purpose. You know what? Okay. I, I know what you're going to say, Jeremy. Let, let me just... I, I, I can't because nobody's listening to you, Jeremy. Okay? Nobody ever <laughs> listens to you. Let, let me just explain. Wow. The guy's going, let me finish my question. No, no, no. I'm not going to let you finish because nobody cares about what you're saying. Whatever. The, he's... That's harsh. He's a fascist. You know? That's what he is. I mean, that's really true. Like, people throwing these words around. He is. He's doing classic shit, you know? The problem that we have with trade, Jeremy, Jeremy, let me just tell you. Bullying, weak people. We have people 
and the other side that are grandmasters at monetary manipulation, at currency manipulation. They're manipulating their currency to such an extent that our companies cannot compete with other companies in other grandmasters or grand wizards, Mr. Trump, mm. right? Nations. They just can't compete. <laughs> and because of that, we're losing our jobs. If you take a look at how many jobs China, as an example, is taken from us. But it's not just China. It's everybody. China's the big abuser because it's the biggest. China has taken millions of jobs, thousands of factories. What they've done to us, it's actually, I thought about it the other day, it's the greatest theft in the history of the world. Yeah. They've taken out... It's not the Nazis stealing uh, wealth and paintings and, and culture from the Jew. You know, yeah, this is the greatest wealth... Uh, no, being no. stolen come on i i have to be honest i kind of agree with trump on this one just because people think you love trump Joe. No, they, they I comment know. they ask i know but j- just look at that, this perspective for a moment you have all the goods coming from china yeah so we're throwing all that money there and then they buy our debt so it's like we're paying two three times for that one item Yes. It's very sneaky. Yeah, it is sneaky. Well, it's. I mean, we, we're allowing it. We understand well, okay. that they're doing it. But, but right, we should yeah. have never allowed it to happen. Absolutely. I mean, but this goes back. To, I mean, we're talking going back to Nixon now. You know what I mean? It's like mm. this type of shit when he opened up China. Like, that's what happened. We created this kind of global weird currency manipulating system. You know, it's a, it's a whole thing. I this is, the, this is the other point. Trump probably gets this stuff a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I think he gets business. And I think... It might not be as easy as he's making it sound, but I don't think he'd be a disaster business-wise. I think he'd actually probably do pretty well. You know, I think he would do just as well as anybody else. The other shit, the foreign policy, all this other stuff, it's hard. It's scary. You don't want that guy to be running it. But yeah, business-wise, I think Trump probably could hold his own, you know? So much money. And again, I love China. It's great. And I don't hold anything against their leaders. I wish our leaders would do the same thing in reverse, but they don't. And we cannot continue. Hey, look, I won Michigan, and I went up there, and these people are incredible people. You take a look at some of the some of the factories that have been abandoned there, where they moved into Mexico. You take a look at, as an example, in Chicago, where you have a Nabisco moves its big plant. They, they're closing their plant. They're moving to Mexico. Ford building a two and a half billion dollar factory cars in Mexico. I mean, we can't continue to do it. Carrier, two weeks ago, Carrier announced they're going to close. 1,400 people laid off. They're going to build air conditioners. They're going to put their air conditioners in Mexico. They're going to build them in Mexico. How does that help us? Now, now a journalist pops in there. I don't know what he's saying. Yeah, sure. Okay, no, no. You know what's going to happen, Jeremy? Let me tell you what's going to happen, okay? Can I tell you what's going to happen? What's going to happen? When China thinks you mean it, when they think you mean it, they're going to stop manipulating their currency. And you won't even have to do anything. And you might even have free trade, okay? That's a crazy thing to say. The people clapping are not journalists. And then you hear somebody go, that's right. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, it's that simple? Just be like, no, 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 no. We're serious, China. That's how, you, that's how you're going to fix stuff? So maybe I take back what I just said about Trump on business. You didn't hear me. When China thinks you mean it, when Japan thinks you mean it, that we're not going to let them sell the cars like that, because they're killing us. You know what we sell to Japan? Practically nothing. You know, it also brings me to the local, the, you know, the, the evening news. Mm-hmm. They might take the clip of Trump saying, when China thinks you mean it, they stop manipulating the currency. That might be the only thing you hear from Donald Trump that day. Now he says something that sounds cogent. Yes. It's a little soundbite, and he looks right in front of the American flag. 
dangerous and they're complicit because they're getting ratings. They don't care about democracy. These fucking huge corporations. They don't, they care about making the money that they can make. And meanwhile, they're just selling the country out. You want to know what I call that? What Joey sound bites at dinner. Sound bites at dinner. Ooh, that uh, that sounds like you're trying to try to vie for a title for this week. Yes, I am. Cars coming in by the millions, and we sell practically nothing. When Japan thinks we mean it, and they'll stop playing around with the yen, they're almost as good as China. Playing around you with look the at yen what's might happening be a fun with thing. The Matsu tractor, and you look at what's happening with Caterpillar, and Caterpillar is being hurt very badly by Komatsu, not because. Their machines aren't, but Caterpillar makes a better machine. But because of the fact that they currency manipulate. All right, whatever. We get the idea. Yes. You understand what I was saying there. It's like you just listen to him talk about a lot of the same shit. What did you say? Sound bites? Sound bites at dinner. How about we say, how about you say sound bites at supper? Mm. That might even sound better. You like the S's. I do. It's a little bit of alliteration. Whatever. We'll figure it out. Sam's and Knights will be, you know, they'll, they'll find out how we came to the title. All right. We backtracked a little bit there, but you understand what yes. I'm saying. He's blurring this line that I think is dangerous. And again, the media is extremely complicit. You can complain all you want about the li- liberal media. It's just, it's the corporate media that you should be worried about on all sides. All right. Aaron Andrews and Hulk Hogan. Then we'll get to a couple of these clips and, and we'll, uh, we'll get out of here. Sound good. Sounds great. All right. On Monday, a jury awarded Aaron Andrews, million in a lawsuit against a stalker who bought a hotel room next to her and secretly filmed her through a peephole or something. The, I do have to say the the stalker did his homework. Oh, please. Yeah. Like unbelievable. It's the nature of of being a stalker. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the stalker is responsible for 51% of the blame while two hotel companies will split the other the rest of the 27 million dollar payout that she's entitled to um good you know what i mean i it doesn't bother me that these people i mean 55 million is a lot of money but okay her rights were violated the video was seen online by millions of people well also i there's a few reasons why they probably came to that amount Uh and also she's extremely lucky that they chose to rule against the hotel companies because otherwise she would have not got any money whatsoever because that stalker is not going to have that type of money. Yeah. The stalker is not going to have $28 million or whatever to, to throw her way or whatever it ends up being. Yeah. Andrews testified that she was humiliated, shamed and suffers from depression as a result of the video, which like I said, has been viewed online by millions of people. I have to say, I have not viewed that video. I haven't seen it. Um, did I Google Aaron Andrews video last night? I did. I didn't see it. Oh. Uh, no, it's fine. But I felt we were doing that anyway. It's like, oh, the poor lady. She's, you know. Yeah, dude, she deserves the privacy. Of course. Well, everybody does. And that's, you know, again, I think this is a good time to talk about it. Here's why I'm bringing it up. Good for Aaron Andrews. I hope she, you know, feels better about herself and kind of. And she can learn how to live with it because she's right. For the rest of her life, someone's going to make a stupid comment. So imagine like 15 years from now having some douche make a comment that happened that you had no control over whatsoever. Oh, absolutely. Well, I have a, I actually have a quote from her here. You're right. You teed it up perfectly. This happens every day of my life. Either I get a tweet or somebody makes a comment in the paper or somebody sends me a still video to my Twitter or someone screams it at me in the stands and I'm right back to this. I feel so embarrassed and I feel so ashamed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I completely understand that. I don't begrudge her that at all. And, and you know, those are her feelings and I hope, yeah, I hope she can hopefully move past it and people leave her alone. Here's why I want. To, here's another thing I want to bring up though, just to contrast this. Meanwhile, 
possibly racist former WWE champion Terry Hulk Hogan Balea is suing Gawker Media for $100 million after its publication of a secretly recorded sex tape of Hogan and Heather Clem, the wife of radio personality Bubba the Love Sponge, who was like a friend of his, uh, was released on their website. Now, wait, I have a quote from yes. Hogan. He says, I, it was pretty rough. I felt numb. My hands started shaking violently. I couldn't quit shaking. Well, it turned my world upside down. I was completely humiliated. Is he talking about having sex? Well, he's talking about the video of him having sex oh, coming okay. out. He felt embarrassed. And it sounds a lot like what Aaron Andrews is saying. I've read some stuff online where it's like, oh, you can't possibly compare the two. Why? I'm not begrudging Aaron Andrews. Fine. I, we just said it. I agree. She should get you know her pay for, for all this stuff, for her suffering. But why shouldn't Hogan? What, what, what's the difference? That's a good point. The thing I want to know is how <laughs> Gawker came to the decision that they could just run a sex tape and think they could get away with they it. They said it was in the public interest. It's not in the public interest. Well, would it be in the public interest to show Aaron Andrews' sex tape or whatever, a, a video of her getting out of the shower? What's the Are difference Are you asking there? me? <laughs> well, I, <laughs> on the record or off the record? Yeah, well, the difference is I, I want to see Hogan's package way more than I want to see what Aaron Andrews has got going on there. No, but, right? I mean, yeah. because if you tried to do it the other way around, if people were saying... Oh, Hogan's entitled to say Hogan gets the judgment 55 million and then Aaron Andrews is out there. Would anybody rationally say, well, you can't compare the two. I mean, she shouldn't be getting anything the way Hogan did. Yeah. Right. If the shoes on the other foot and look, I'm not some kind of like male rights activist idiot. I'm just trying to be an honest broker in this thing. Hogan should probably get something too. his stuff should not be at, you know, he shouldn't have to feel his, his privacy is violated the same way. Right. Well, see, and yes, I know Hogan's uh, said the N word. Probably, I'm not. You know, I'm just making a comparison here. Mm -hmm. Well, the the thing maybe it should come down come down to is maybe how many views <laughs> each thing gets. Is, yeah. uh, but then again, how how do you put a monetary value on someone's privacy? Of course, you can't. You literally can't. And that and that's the thing. So I got to think if she gets fifty, this sets a precedent. I mean, Hogan's entitled to some cash here. I think. Well, I think his objective is to have Gawker be bankrupt, bank, uh, to be bankrupt. Sure. Well, and is Gawker something that we need? You know, that, again, it raises all these questions. Is TMZ something we need? No, it's something we have. But then when you consider the damage that it's potentially doing to people in their everyday life, and why do we need it? It's this tabloid garbage culture. Is the Hulk Hogan sex tape in the public interest? No, it's not. Is it interesting to the public? Yes, but it's not helping anybody in their day-to-day -day life. It serves no actual purpose other than like, well, whoa, a, look at Hogan. It's entertainment. Yeah, it's entertainment. It's not news, and that that is what it's going to come down to. Can you profit and make entertainment out of somebody's private life that they didn't consent to? I I don't think mm. so. I think, I think this sets a precedent. And I'm a freedom of speech First Amendment guy. I, I want journalists to be able to get out there with information but is the difference is like an anthony weiner sex scandal which i think is obviously on like the lowest rung of information that i really need to have does it actually affect his job performance if he's a scumbag if it's not performing if it's not affecting how he governs mm -hmm. i don't care really like is uh nixon less not nixon uh kennedy less a president because he was cheating on his wife no yes well okay i mean that's a different argument to have but you understand what yeah. I'm saying? Is Hulk Hogan, do you, is Hulk Hogan what? Not as good a wrestler because he's fucking his friend's wife. Like who cares? <laughs> what difference does it make? The, the, the N word tape to me has more relevance than this does. 
Well, I, I believe Gawker was the one that released that too. So. I'm sure they did, probably, so, yeah. So maybe Hogan's trying to get at them through that too. Maybe, but I think Hogan has a point here. That's all. I'm just trying to make the, you know, you understand the comparison mm-hmm. I'm making. I think it's, it's, I think it's a worthy comparison. You guys let us know what you think. You can get in touch with us in any uh, which way you'd like. All right. Let's close with this. Um, this is CNN Democratic Debate. Couple of clips. I have a really long one at the top. I don't think I'm going to get into it, honestly. I'm fe- okay. It's been a long day. We, we'll just get into some of these quotes. And like you pointed out, I'm already behind anyway. So. Yeah. All right. First clip we'll get into. Here, Joe, you know, why don't, while I get this set up, why don't you explain how this all happens, how I take my notes, what we're going to about to do here. Oh, so this is Chris's notes. He puts himself in a bubble. Yeah. What we like to call Chris's bubble. And he doesn't pay attention to the media or to any of the writers or journalists or talking heads. And he writes down his own personal notes that he would kind of tweet out. But he chooses not to tweet it, but to save it for the mandatory Samson podcast. And here we go. That's right. I'm looking at this first clip. It's like 12 minutes. I don't want to play that whole clip. No, nope. but this is the part where he gets an audience questions about jobs and Bernie gets a little nasty, maybe for the first time okay. in the campaign, where he goes, can I, f- excuse me, can I finish? And, you know, crowd's like, oh, oh. good. Yeah, you, you should be doing that because you need to get, you got to get involved here, bud. We pick up in the middle of an argument about guns. No, no, no. He doesn't have to get involved anymore. He has to overperform. He has to overperform, right. Yes, not just involved. He has to overperform. We pick up in the middle of an argument about guns. They were asked a question by a father whose daughter was shot recently. She did live. Uh, Hillary brings up that Bernie voted against holding gun manufacturers liable for people killing other people with legally purchased guns. This is a common refrain. This happened early and often in the debates. And it continues, this whole gun argument. Um, let's see. Oh, of course. And we got into this in pa- on a past episode. If a gun shop or a manufacturer sells a gun to so- someone knowing they're going to use it for a murder, they can be sued and held accountable. Bernie defends his vote. He also, a number of times tries to get Anderson Cooper to clarify the question. But of course, Anderson Cooper never does during this. Hillary paints a cute picture about a murdered child. And, uh, let's just listen to this clip. It's like two minutes. It's not what Secretary Clinton is responding to. As I understand, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but what you are essentially saying, what people are saying, is that if somebody who is crazy or a criminal or a horrible person goes around shooting people, the manufacturer of that gun should be held liable. And if that is your position, then what you are saying, essentially, if that is the case, as I understand it... See, he keeps doing that a bunch of times, and Anderson Cooper's just, like, not answering. Like, he should have been like... Well, yeah, that is the point I was trying to make, mm-hmm. but he never does. Because what Hillary is essential, what Bernie's going to say here is, well, let, let him say it, and then we'll talk about it. It's not what Secretary Clinton is talking about. I agree with what she said. But if that is the case, then essentially your position is there should not be any guns in America, period. That is, now, now I that understand. is like can the I, NRA can position. I, can no. I finish, please? No. no. A number of times all night, I liked it. All right. And now, boo. Boo yourself. You can. There are people who hold that view. And that's fine if you hold it. I think what you do is you hold those people who have used the gun accountable. You try to make We're gonna move guns on. as safe as possible. But I would disagree on that. We're going to move on, Don. Well, that- so, gotcha. Can I mention something? Sure. I particularly, the more I've watched these debates, yeah, I've come to the conclusion that the moderators do a horrible job. They're not really moderating anything. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, 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 not that. It's like when you're having people running for the highest office in the land, let them finish the point. All the moderators always seem to be cutting off. Like maybe for the Republicans, it's okay. They're just, you know, lambasting each other, making stupid penis size jokes and whatever right. it may be. Yeah. But when you have a debate of substance, especially like last night, they kept on trying to cut off. God damn it, Joe. You keep hammering me. I know. I, <laughs> get out, get out. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. It's like, okay, you're there to moderate. I get that. But why are you going to cut off someone who's trying to make a point? Totally. And if it's not just a campaign thing that they're repeating or whatever, if you're having an actual thoughtful discussion, it should be more that he should jump in and be like, okay, I understand what you're saying there. I mean, you know, and then have a little bit of back and forth, then swing it to Hillary. It should be totally at but, the moderator's decision, especially when there's two of them. And the, and the other thing I'm going to mention again about last night is like, they give you 30 seconds to respond. You're telling me that someone is going to be able to refute what somebody just said eloquently in 30 seconds yeah, it's ridiculous yeah absolutely of course well the newt gingrich one of the things that i liked from last time he was running i forget who he challenged to like a lincoln douglas style debate which is like seven hours oh god like seven hours where you really get into time wouldn't that be awesome yes it would be the greatest day of my life to watch donald trump talk to you know have a, a debate against bernie sanders or Hillary for, Clinton seven, for seven hours. hours you'll find out real fucking quick who knows what they're talking about and who doesn't I mean, that's really what we should do. And why is that absurd? People laughed it off. Uh, when it gets down to the Republican and the Democratic candidate, pick a Sunday, and we're going to do this for seven hours. Yeah. Who the fuck in their right mind wouldn't watch that? That'll be the best TV ever. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're going from noon to seven, boys. Yeah, and we're going to get... Well, no, you do it from prime time. You do it from like two, right? You go into nine or three to eight, you know? Three to eight? Or three to ten, I mean. That'd be a fucking fantastic. Absolutely. Take a break for dinner. Yeah. Take a one-hour break. And we're going to do this three and a half hours, three and a half hours. Well, the the one thing that always surprises me is we have, what, 330 million people. Yeah, give or take. Give or take. And they come back with the reports that 14 million people watch the debate or 18 million people watch the debate. Right. That's nowhere near as high as it should be if there are that many TVs out there. Oh, it sure. It should be much higher. Absolutely. Even if you just have it on in the background, it's like at least be kind of aware of what's going on. This is the problem. That's what I'm talking about. Low information voters. There's plenty of people, Joey, whose attitude is, I'll start paying attention when it's just down to the, the Republican and the Democrat. So you miss the entire fucking insanity that took place over the last year. And then what? How could you possibly even really be choosing between the two of them? You're either a Democrat or a Republican. Anybody that's in the middle, come on. Really? There's got to be one or two issues where you're like, oh, I absolutely can't support that. So you're already made your mind up, you know? It's dumb. Okay, let's finish up this little uh, this little segment here. Anderson, I just want to finish because this, I know some of the parents from Sandy Hook. I want people in this audience to think about what it must uh, feel like. This is where she paints a picture. I'm going to pause it when she mm -hmm. says the thing that I was like, are you fucking... Like, to send off your first grader, little backpack maybe on his or her back. <laughs> little <laughs> little backpack eyes. maybe uh, or on his or her <laughs> back. I don't know, maybe with the SpongeBob little logo on it. Just doused in blood. Like, you know what, Hillary? Shut the fuck up. Well, here's the other thing, too, that speaks oh, yeah, to a great, her. That's a great pause, yeah. About uh, about like not being a robot or not sympathetic and all that. She has a kid. She went through all this. Right. Why not say? I Why can't not? imagine Chelsea being in that position. Uh, right. Like a grand opportunity. Uh, it's complete. Totally. But perfect. Like, what are you like? Are you becoming like a political operative? You're making no, a lot I mean, of good points today. No, it's it's just like she's supposed to be a mother. 
Right. Well, she is a mother. She's a grandmother, right? Yeah, she's a grandmother. Why, why, why does it, it ever seem like that in the, uh, the debate or anything she's ever doing? Cause she, well, cause she's not, that's not her. Tap into it, woman. I, Tap into yeah. it. <laughs> it's perfect, Joey. I agree. And then the next thing you hear is that somebody has come to that school using an automatic weapon, an AR-15, and murdered those children. Now, Do you know what's that? They She's are trying not to... funny, Joey, murdering children. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. Uh-huh. It's, it's just that she gets more <laughs> animated at the fact of the gun than she does of the poor kid. Totally. Well, this is absolutely. But you know why? Because she's, it's focus grouped and polled and tested like people that support her don't like guns. So you better get tough on guns. Obviously, everybody loves kids. You know, focus <laughs> on the guns, Hill. Prevent that from happening to any other family. And the best way to do that is to go right at the people. Will you talk about corporate greed? The gun manufacturers sell guns to make as much money as they can make. Senator Sanders. Oh, Oh, yeah. So you're telling me that they're not making a gun to protect yourself at all? Well, whatever. Well, look, like any business, they're trying to make money off of it. Nobody's saying you can't regulate that. But to her point, right, what she's saying is, if you can hold gun manufacturers liable for anything that happens with a sold gun, you're going to just put that industry out of business because who in their right mind would make guns then if I sell a gun and 10 years later, you, you know, somebody kills somebody with that gun, they're going to sue me, I'm going to lose my whole business. That's what Bernie's point is. She's saying stuff that is not possible politically. And also, I think there should be guns. But well, like we always say, people can hunt, use them responsibly for protection. I think that's fine. You just got to have stringent background checks and make sure they're not getting into the hands of crazy people. But unfortunately, in a free society, that shit is going to happen sometimes. Just not to the level that it's happening now. Of course, we don't want that. You know, I think it is a little bit... It is a little bit... Look, what happened at Sandy Hook, what happened in Michigan, what has happened far too often all over this country is a terrible terrible tragedy and we have got to do everything we can as i mentioned a moment ago to end these mass killings but as i understand what your question is and and, you know you're not the only person whose heart was broken i was there in the senate when we learned about this killing it is almost unspeakable to talk about some lunatic walking into a room i mean it is hard to even talk about we all feel that way but if as i understand it Anderson, and maybe I'm wrong, what you're really talking about is people saying, let's end gun manufacturing in America. That's the implications of that. We're going to, and I don't agree with We're going to move on, Dunlim. All right. Now, again, we talked about this very early on and it continues to happen. This gun thing is going to keep coming up. Maybe, maybe this helped. Maybe this swung the tide a little bit towards Mm -hmm. Bernie because he did, you know, one in Michigan when he wasn't necessarily supposed to do that. Bernie answers a question about racial blind spots. This, this was a question asked to both of them, but I'm going to play Bernie's. It starts off well, but then he takes a turn that I think if he had the chance to go back and do it again, he would have changed his response. And I'm going to play that because in the interest of fairness, this has been an issue. And we talk, why why isn't he getting black support? Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe like maybe he's made comments like this out on the trail that don't sit well. I don't know. To me, it it ran. It was like, that was a little tone deaf. All right. right. That still stalks our country. Senator Sanders, on a personal front, what racial blind spots do you have? Let me just very. No, I like that. I like how he starts again, but mm-hmm. then then it goes weird, and I'll, I'll tell you. I'll stop it. Please tell you a story. Well, when I was in one of my first years in Congress, I went to a meeting downtown in Washington D.C., and I went there with another congressman, an African American congressman, 
And then we kind of separated during the meeting. And then I saw him out later on. And uh, he was sitting there waiting. And I said, well, let's go out and get a, I'm gonna get a, get a cab. How come you didn't go out and get a cab? And he said, no, I don't get cabs in Washington, D.C. This is about 20 years ago. Because he was humiliated by the fact that cab drivers would go past him because he was black. I couldn't believe, you know, you just sit there and you say, this man did not take a cab 20 years ago in Washington, D.C. Tell you another story. That's a common thing. I mean, I'm not saying like he's making that up, but mm-hmm. that's a common thing. It's like Yamanika has talked about that before, not being able to get cabs and different mm-hmm. shit like that, or she can't just like sit on her steps without getting bothered by somebody. It's like, what? what is that about? And it's like, that's in New York. Yeah. You know, like, man, D.C. is a, it's a real city. There's a lot of people there. It's like, Jesus. I was with some young people active in the Black Lives Matter movement. Young lady comes up to me and she says, you don't understand what police do in certain black communities. You don't understand the degree to which we are terrorized. And I'm not just shooting, I'm not just talking about the horrible shootings that we have seen, which have got to end and we've got to hold police officers accountable. I'm just talking about everyday activities where police officers are bullying people so what to answer your question now I, this is where he goes off see like good answer he should just shut up because yeah. that was good yeah. i would say and i think it's similar to what the secretary said when you're white you don't know what it's like to be living in a ghetto you don't know what it's like to be poor uh, that's a way that's a yeah uh, so Okay, so what's your racial blind? So black, all black people live in a ghetto. All black people are poor. White people can't be poor or live in a ghetto. You know what I mean? Like that. That's not what he meant, probably. But it's what it sounds like, and it's kind of a it's a it's a weird implication. Luckily, and actually, he did better in Michigan with the black community. So maybe that was like maybe I'm reading into it. But I can't. Do you know what it is? You can't always, you know. Dot your I's and cross your T's, right? And all that. It's just and you can never, you can never dot your T's and cross your I's. Yes. You don't know what it's like to be hassled when you walk down the street or you get dragged out of a car. You know what he means. And I. Well, he. Look, I'm not going to defend it. I'm just going to say, yeah, he probably would have thought about that better. He probably didn't. Obviously, he's not trying to say that that is the truth, but that's how it came across. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, okay. Believe that it's especially a when this misspoke. It no, I get it, but especially when this is the issue, this is the community that is fu- like not getting you're not getting their vote. He's not overperforming. No, that's an underperforming. That was a mistake there. In the year 2016, we must be firm in making it clear we will end institutional racism and reform a broken Thank criminal you. justice system. Thank you. Thank you, Senator Sanders. All right. We got like four minutes left here. Three clips, okay? No, okay. no big deal. Let's knock it out of the park. Jesus, Joey, we're going to... Grand Slam. Audience member question about fracking. Her voice is really strange, but fine. She seems like a nice person. It's an important issue that hasn't come up a ton during this debate. You tell me, you tell me if you think this uh, young, young lady's voice is a little, uh, little uh, jarring. All right, hold on. Let me get to it. Here we go. For viewers, is a process of oil. But I'm and glad gas it's coming up. I'm glad the fracking's come up. Meanwhile, fucking Anderson Cooper's got to explain what fracking is to the audience. America, hate you. It's led to a significant increase in American energy production well, and jobs. How would every also person raises- be 
like you would know what fracking is well, honestly what a, pay attention you know what fracking is it's high pressure water shooting into shale rock underneath the earth it's definitely linked to earthquakes it's bad for the environment come on do you know see sometimes i think you underestimate how much or how big the world really is it's very easy not to hear of some of these concepts if you're not around to it i find a way to do it you do it okay Look, because here's the thing. This is a fucking debate. People are going to vote on this stuff. How are you going to say, I think Hillary's right or I think Bernie's wrong if you don't even know what fucking fracking is? And this is, because there's people in that room, they're going to clap. They're probably like, oh, good. I didn't know what fracking was. You know, it's like, ah, it's so aggravating. Like when they do it on the Republican side where they get into like the weeds of the tax code or they're talking about eminent domain and shit. People are like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure fucking Cletus over there sits around thinking about, yeah, the eminent, eminent, domain yeah, he thinks about eminent domain all day. Yeah. Serious environmental concerns. Sarah, your question's for Secretary Clinton, but you'll both be able to weigh in. Sarah? Fracking can lead to environmental pollution, <laughs> including... You're but a not- dick. You're an absolute dick. I'm not a dick. Her voice, she's a pretty young lady. I, she's, I'm glad she's there and active, but her voice is a little weird, Joey. Come on. But also raises serious environmental I went back, concerns. I Sarah, your question's for <laughs> Secretary Clinton, but you'll both be able to weigh in. Sarah? Fracking can lead to environmental pollution, including, but not limited to, the contamination of water supply. Do you support fracking? Secretary Clinton. Okay, do you support, I love this. Okay, so she has, do you support fracking, essentially? Here we go. You know, I don't support it when any locality or any state is against it, number one. I don't support it when the uh, release of methane or contamination of water is present. I don't support it, number three, unless we can require that anybody who fracks has to tell us exactly what chemicals they are using. See, that's the difference between saying, here's another, here's the thing she just said, we, I, we won't let them frack unless they tell us what the chemicals are using. Just telling you what the chemicals they're using doesn't mean that she's not going to let them use it no matter what those chemicals are. I don't think that's what she means. Well, she probably is. But she didn't. Well, that's the that's the thing. You listen to the word she's saying, right? Mm -hmm. So by the time we get through all of my conditions, I do not think there will be many places in America where fracking will continue to take place. She's saying, oh, if they have to tell us what's in their solution, they'll just be like, forget it. We're not going to frack. No, they'll tell you what's in it. No, they're going to be fracking. Yeah. And I think that's the best approach because right now there are places where fracking is going on that are not sufficiently regulated. So first, we've got to regulate everything Uh that is currently underway. And we have to have a system in place that prevents further fracking unless conditions like the ones that I just mentioned are met. Further fracking. It's a bullshit answer. Further fracking. All the fracking that's already going on is fine. But any further frack, see, this is what's annoying about her, and people are not reading through the lines. Listen to this answer from Bernie. Sanders, you, you, my you, answer, my answer is a lot shorter. No, I do not support fracking. I, I, there you go. Uh, it makes me so fucking angry that that this guy. Please, please, maybe you love fracking, and that answer to you, you go fuck Bernie. Fine, that's an answer. He doesn't support it. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's that simple. Sword and sweet. And if you care about the climate or, the, you know, the environment, you care about climate, you care about energy issues, anything, that's the answer you should be on board with. She is not going to go as far as he is. Period. Crowd liked it. And by the way, by the way, Anderson, I'm glad you raised the issue of climate change because media doesn't talk enough about 
what the scientists are telling us. And that is, if we don't get our act together... All right, so he goes into the whole thing about climate change, which is great. Meanwhile, I know he's saying we don't talk about it enough. We talk about it a lot on this podcast. We get it. Next clip, Bernie fucking strong again. Elect him, please. Let's do this, is literally the note that I wrote to myself. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what uh, what old burning man had to say here, but let's see. Senator Sanders, though... Oh, I know. He's great. To Secretary Clinton's point, there are a number of Democratic governors in many states who say that fracking can be done safely and that it's helping their economies. Are they wrong? Yes. yes. <laughs> you know. Yeah, he says yes, and then he goes and he explains. He goes, look, yeah, people on both sides can be wrong, definitely. Okay, perfect. I love this guy. God comes up, Joey. Of course doesn't it does. Come up a lot, doesn't come up a lot in Democratic debates. What an absurd question from this woman. It's an audience question, whatever. She's somebody's mom. God love her. She's not my favorite. Great answer by Bernie. Essentially just articulates Jesus's philosophy. If you really want to get into it, mm-hmm. it's not dogma. It's humanism and it's good. This is Bernie Sanders being asked a question by this, this woman. I'll ask another question to secretary Clinton. Denise. Thank you. Senator Sanders. Do you believe that God is relevant? Why or why not? <laughs> It's, it seems like a trick She's question. She's a sweet lady. She's all right. Uh. Well, I think, well, the answer is yes. And I think when we talk about God, whether it is Christianity or Judaism or Islam or Buddhism. I like that what- he included Buddhism. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of Buddhist, you know, kind of philosophies about things. Uh, I'm into Ramdas. Go check oh, out. Oh, so he just got your vote. Yeah, if he didn't have it before, he <laughs> certainly has it now. What we are talking about is what all religions hold dear, and that is to do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. Which, by I the way, that would be an awesome seven-hour uh, debate, uh-huh. debating that with Trump. <laughs> that would be awesome. Well, it would involve really in-depth questions so when they can't just get away with saying um the state's lines yeah yeah we're taking the lines around from you know around the states for insurance you literally have a panel of experts there who would be doing research as he's saying it fact checking asking the questions going deep you have a you have a shitload of people there that are really going to ask the questions no politician is going to agree to a live fact check well, maybe you're not qualified to run the country then. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe if you are willing to do it and you're actually going to go through it, then yeah, okay, then you can. You have my vote. Why not? If you're able to uh, participate at this level, mm-hmm. maybe you have to answer those questions. And you have to be, it's my idea about the debate thing in general, where they ask him a question that is based completely, it's factless, and then see if they're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, no, actually, that question is based not in reality. So you just <laughs> on national television agree to something that's not true. All right, let Bernie finish up here. One more clip. It's Hillary, and it's a fucking aggravating one. It's another God-related one. I hate her answer so much, but let Bernie finish up. Uh, Tonight, and I'm running for president. I'm a United States senator from my great state of Vermont because I believe that. Because I believe morally and ethically we do not have a right to turn our backs on children in Flint, Michigan who are being poisoned or veterans who are sleeping out on the street. And what I believe, what I believe as the father of seven beautiful grandchildren, I want you to worry about my grandchildren, and I promise you, I will worry about your family. We are in this together. 
that, that I he swear actually to, means it. I swear to God, I've listened to this probably three times now. It I almost get teared up when I hear him saying, and whatever, yeah. I love Bernie, okay? But right, there's a difference when somebody says that. And he's right. That's what it's all about. I have seven grandchildren. You have five grandchildren. We should care about each other's fucking grandchildren. We're in this together. He, he means it. That's not bullshit. That's that's everything. That's all he has to say. That's correct. And of course, there's policy and there's all that other shit. But when it gets down to it, nuts and bolts, absolutely, that's authentic as it gets. And I couldn't have said it better myself. I totally agree. How many times do I say it? I, say have it a, a I have a We the People tattoo. Like... That's not just Americans. It is a little bit of like patriotism. I, I love this country as much as I hate this country. But it's like people, humans on earth. We are in it together. But there's a fundamental question. What? How are you going to pay for the seven grandchildren and the five grandchildren? Well, you cut war spending, and I bet we can rustle up a little cash to send those kids to college for free. This sweet woman, final question, fine. She's a nice lady. Yuck. I hate the crowd's response to this, but... Listen to Hillary's bullshit answer here. She sounds like Ben Stiller in Meet the Parents. You know, when he goes, the first one where he goes and he has to like say prayer or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, he has to say the prayer for dinner and he's like thinking and feeling and all this shit. And like he goes off, rambles on. That's what Hillary's answer reminds me of. We'll wrap up right after this. Denise, Denise has a question for Secretary Clinton. Denise? Yes. Secretary Clinton. Uh, spit it During out, Denise. Our church services. She's sweet. We I pray I like for the her. president of the United States. <laughs> I just went on a whole thing about how we're all together. I love all people. I'm like, fucking Denise. No, but you know, I, I love her. She's okay. We pray for the armed forces. We pray for all civil authorities. Three times during our literature. And Literacy. we give thanks to them. Mm -hmm. We pray for our loved ones. We pray for our enemies. To whom and for whom do you pray? Now, is that a, okay. Oh, it's God. the easiest question anybody could really be asked if you're running for president. You're like, you got to just be ready with the answer. Like, well, I, you know the answer is going to be Satan, obviously. So, yeah, exactly. Right. Be Bob. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then her head starts spinning. Well, I have been several times in your services and have joined in those prayers and have also been privileged to lead them in some settings. I pray very specifically for people whom I know by name, people who either have gone through or are experiencing difficult times, uh -huh. That's illness, Every, yeah, right. divorce, death, disappointment, all of the um, life experiences well. that <laughs> confront most of us. Evidence. I pray for... Can you believe, first of all, can you believe that this answer is still going? Just say who you pray. Like, this keeps going. for like well, here, Here's the issue. Robotic Hillary is trying to sound compassionate. Right. She doesn't know how to well, do it. That's the thing. So yeah. that's why it comes across so awkwardly. Absolutely. There's another minute and a half to this answer. Let's listen. What? Yeah. The will of God to be known Mm -hmm. So that we can Hillary, do you fucking in any rational mind think that Hillary Clinton sits down and prays for the will of God to be known? Do you think Hillary Clinton's really praying other than to be like, get me in that fucking oval office? No, I don't I don't think so. I don't. <laughs> she, you wanna know what she's praying for? She's 
prank that Garo Wolf give Bell for his indiscretions. Yeah, she doesn't give a shit. If bad catapults are into the White House, she'll let Monica Lewinsky suck Bill's dick for the next three years. She doesn't care. No, it. Oh, I got really blue at the end of this episode. I apologize. Yeah, Jesus. And to the best of our limited ability, it's a grass. She's still to got Follow it and fulfill it. I have said many times that, you know, I am a praying person, and if I hadn't been uh, during the time I was in the White House, I would have become one, because it's right. very hard to imagine. It's a rehearse line, uh, but all right, it hit. Is she talking about Bill, or is she talking about the other like crises that happened in the '90s? Well, I think maybe a little combination of both. You can fill in the blanks there for yourself. Oh, okay. Living under that kind of pressure. Uh, without being able to fall back on prayer and on my faith. So I do pray for people in authority. I try to think about what they're going through, even when I disagree with them, trying to find some common ground, some common understanding uh, that perhaps can make me more empathetic. Uh-huh. I don't always succeed. Yeah, smoke a joint and <laughs> of watch. Of course, a, you don't succeed. Smoke a joint and watch a Mitt Romney speech. You'll feel great. <laughs> You'll feel empathy. Do you know what she should have said? And probably, you know, well, maybe she will. Joe, she's not done yet. She's not done yet. Joe. Wait, 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 wait. Let me get this out before okay. uh, before you go back and find yeah. uh, that people would find me more trustworthy. Oh, hilarious! Very, very simple. Hilarious. Well. She makes no. light that she, she. No one seems to find her trustworthy. Well, she's maybe it's these long, gated answers. Yes. Oh, I. Yeah. I mean, this is not who's about this prayer. Who wants to hear her talk like this? It's insane. I will tell you that. Um, so right. I pray on a pretty regular basis during the day. Because you do not. You don't. You do not. At what point during the day today during this debate do you think Hillary Clinton prayed multiple times? Multiple times a day. Yeah, you know, she's trying to Anderson. Trump's going to start a rumor being like, she's Muslim, you see? She <laughs> prays in the morning, she prays in the evening. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, come on. D- d- really, uh, Hillary? C- get the fuck out of here. Because I need that strength and I need that support. Yeah. Um, and especially when you are in the position that I'm in and that Senator Sanders 30 is seconds in. 30 seconds still. Where you are asking people to Jesus Christ, vote woman. for you, to give you the most important job not only in our country, but I would argue in the world. I think humility is one of the most important attributes that you bring to both that seeking and then if you're fortunate enough to that holding of office. And that's what I will try to do. Thank you, Secretary. It's wow, time yeah, for great killer answer. Oh, my <laughs> God. Christ. Is that insane or what? I couldn't believe it when I heard it the first time. I was like, geez, wrap uh, it up, Hillary. My God. Man. Especially compared to the you listen to Bernie's. It's like, oh, great answer. Yeah. That, that actually touches me. That's a nice answer. All right. Uh, good episode, Joey. Great episode. I'm sorry, Samsonites. Joey has already raked me over the coals. I didn't watch the debate from last night. If there's another debate, I'm going to try to get to it. Um, I can't always promise that. We're about an hour and 40 minutes into this episode. Um, maybe a quicker one next week. I don't know. We'll just see what's going on. Who knows? Um, all right. Listen, thank you guys very much for listening. Thank you for all the support. The Snapchats, the emails, the tweets, everything. I love it. I really love you guys, and I really appreciate it. iTunes. Go on there. You can leave a uh, comment. You can rate, subscribe on there. Whatever you want to do, share it. SoundCloud.com slash Mandatory Samson. Leave a comment on the track, I will respond to it. 
um, you know, within reason, within a week or two. Uh, I, I get I get to all the answers on the newest one within a week, and then, you know, maybe yeah. sometimes I look back at the older episodes, I'll, I'll respond to some of those comments as well. YouTube.com slash Mandatory Samson. We live stream the podcast every Thursday at 4 p.m. Uh, you can also go on there and look at the full episode videos. Uh, last couple of weeks, it's just been audio only, but I'll put a little graphic up just mm-hmm. to be consistent, uh, and you can check that out on there. Twitter, I'm at Samp. Joey is at Joey from Jersey. Jersey is spelled with a Z. Once again, email us, mandatorysampson at gmail.com. I respond to all of those, sticker requests, whatever, and maybe uh, you can have your email read on the podcast. Snapchat, I'm at Samp. Joey's also at Joey from Jersey, et cetera, et cetera. Wherever you would like to listen to the Mandatory Samson podcast, we appreciate it. We love you, and we'll definitely talk to you next week. <laughs>